Hello, my name is Eva, and I love to read, especially this book, Roma by Stephen Saylor. This 2007 novel tells a 1,000-year history of Rome, from its mythical beginnings as a trading village to a powerful settlement, kingdom, republic, and ends with one of the most famous deaths in history. The author, who had by 2007 already written a number of well-received historical and contemporary novels, shows his craft in storytelling as he masterfully weaves fact, fiction and pure conjecture into a compelling narrative of how the Eternal City might have started. The well-known story of Romulus and Remus is not even the starting point. For Stephen Saylor vividly imagines a time when nomadic people discovered the seven hills of Rome, and the novel describes their interpretation and the meaning they imbued in the topography of the area. This early part of the story is my absolute favourite part of the book, tethered as it is by the author's skill in telling an adventure rather than being strictly bound to the myths of the city. In this part of the story, characters are well-rounded and distinct. And to be fair, characters continue for the most part to be compelling as the story continues on to portray those famous twins, Romulus and Remus. For fans of early Roman Republican history, such as myself, there is excitement and history to be had as the novel veers into the time of the Seven Kings of Rome. The story as a whole follows two families, Petitius and Pinarius, who are introduced as the story commences and whose very first actions form a pivotal part not only of the story's first beginnings, but of the overarching themes and threads throughout the book. The story of the descendants of the first Petitius and Pinarius parallels the rise, the victories, the fortunes, tribulations and disasters of Rome itself, thereby personifying the history of a city through the course of a dynasty. This makes for an engaging frame for the story, as history is seen to be made not just by those broad visions of so-called heroes, but by the emotions, gentle and petty, of ordinary men who rule over others. While ancient Rome was male-centric, the author portrays with nuance the power which women did wrest for themselves through hard work or dubious means, through family or through lovers, by doing good or otherwise. And in this, the author reveals his deep knowledge not only of the time, but of the culture and norms of the peoples. For the actions and reactions of the characters play seamlessly into consequences which we today learn about in the history of Rome. As a reader, you do not need prior knowledge of this particular time in history in order to enjoy the book. You may read it easily enough as a sweeping epic saga. 
But if you do know a little bit about Rome, you will find yourself chuckling as you hear about the first patrician families discussing the merits of living on Palatine Hill. Oh, you will nod with recognition when you hear about a premonition which clearly alludes to that fateful day on the Ides of March, so many centuries later. Now, does this book of 600-plus pages meander at times? Perhaps. However, in my opinion, this novel does not fall into the trap as so many great and long books do, which is to introduce characters who are difficult to keep track of. There are numerous people mingling about, but our main protagonists are set in circumstances which make them distinct from others, and they are for the most part imbued with motivations which individualizes them. Rome itself is concisely laid out, making it easy to track its growth, and the sights and sounds are brought to life by the author's riveting penmanship. Indeed, in the later parts of the book, you might as a reader feel that you are walking alongside a character as they descend the Aventine Hill to saunter down to the Forum. And the characters' memories of how Rome used to look like, as opposed to how the city looks like when they grow older, makes the very fabric of the city come to life. And in this, Stephen Saylor especially excels. And for this reason, I would say that it is the settlement, and later the city of Rome, which is by far the best character of the book. It is Rome as a living, breathing being, which will keep you entranced as it evolves and grows, and directly impacts the lives of the characters, from a natural staircase which turns into a deadly route, to the deadly consequences of the exact layout of the Pompeii Theatre. Readers should be advised that the history of early Rome is at times a violent one, and though the author by no means wallows in this particular part of it, the story of Romulus and Remus, for example, is written as it has been handed down, with all the misunderstanding, sorrow and arbitrary violence included in that legend. But this novel is first and foremost the imagined retelling of the founding of that city which we today still know as the Eternal City. And in this telling, the author Stephen Saylor clearly had a vision from the start, which he splendidly brings to life. The author tracks the progression of Rome through the changes in nature, from free-flowing streams to dried-out brooks. And as Rome grows ever more powerful, the characters must navigate their own aspirations and fears as they are confronted with a world which they cannot control. It is the human experience of growth and change. But for the reader, and indeed for the characters of the book, the author maintains certain familiar fixed points which glue this vast story together. A small lump of gold, a winding staircase. Details which are there from the beginning and which gain meaning, lose meaning and adopt different meanings throughout time. 
just as we humans can see a resemblance in our ancestors and yet are nothing like our forebearers. So this is also a story about how traditions and myths come about. This human experience is so very splendidly portrayed in this epic of a 1,000-year history of Rome. So for this, and for the sheer adventure of it all, I would say that Roma, a novel of ancient Rome by Stephen Saylor, is an exciting read. I hope you liked this episode. If you did, please consider subscribing to Literature, Laughter and Learning as it really does help with getting the podcast seen. Until next time, I have been Eva, and thanks so much for listening.